Welcome to the Poison Investor Podcast. My name is Derek Amoko. Today we have a wonderful guest. We've got David Garofalo. Uh, he has served as Chief Executive Officer, President and Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Gold Royalty Corporation. David has worked in various leadership capacities in the natural resources sector over the last 30 years. He served as President and Chief Executive Officer of Gold Corp Incorporated until it sailed to Newmont Corporation in April 2019. Prior to joining Gold Corp, he served as President, Chief Executive Officer, and Director of Hud Bay Minerals, Inc. from 2010 to 2015, where he presided over that company's emergence as a leading metals producer. Previous to this, he held various senior executive positions with mining companies, including Senior Vice President, Finance, and Chief Financial Officer of Agnico Eagle Limited from 1998 to 2010, and as a Treasurer and other various finance roles with Inmet Mining Corporation from 1990 to 1998. And last but not least, he had led the largest merger in gold mining history at $32 billion. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Derek. I want to get right into it, but I'd like to start at the very beginning. How did you end up getting into the precious metals, gold, and mining industry? Um, well, I'm actually a CPA by training. I worked with uh, Deloitte in Toronto early in my career in the 1980s after graduating from the University of Toronto and I started in a very junior accounting position within Met Mining and uh, worked my way up the ranks um, initially doing some uh, work on project management, project construction uh, with some mines that we were building it in Met um, globally. Uh, we built a mine in Turkey, another one in Tunisia, North Africa, um, and another one in, in Canada, and then ultimately was working on the construction of a large-scale copper project in Peru uh, when I went to Agnico Eagle as CFO in 1998 and spent about 12 years there, um, built about a half a dozen mines with that organization, went on to run Hud Bay and built several more mines there um, on, on the copper side and then back with Gold Corp on the gold side. So I spent equal amounts uh, of my career, uh, 30 plus years in both the precious and base metal side of the business. That's wonderful. And going through your introduction there a few moments ago, I have to look at it again. You had led the largest merger in gold mining history at $32 billion. Is that correct? It is. Um, we merged with Newmont, Gold Corp did in 2019, uh, creating the world's biggest gold company, both by market capitalization and production levels. And Newmont remains the biggest gold company in the world by virtue of that transaction. And it was put together by myself and Gary Goldberg, who at the time was the CEO of Newmont, to, to create, as I said, the world's biggest gold company. That's incredible. Did you know at the time that you were making history when this deal first started to take shape? We, we, we did, and um, you know, it was actually uh, spurred on by uh, a merger that had occurred at the top of the sector uh, immediately before us, when Barrick acquired Rangold uh, in Africa, creating at the time uh, was the biggest gold company, and Newmont, sensing the existential risk that presented to them, <laughs> decided to give us a call and ask us whether we would merge uh, to create, you know, what what then became the world's biggest gold company. So certainly we were very aware of what we were doing and, and um, the mark we were leaving on the industry, but it, it became absolutely essential for those two big companies, Barrick and Newmont, to consolidate because both of them were uh, facing significant declines in their production and reserves. And so if you're not finding it in the ground through your exploration efforts, you have to buy it. You know, we are in the mining business by 
by definition a collection of finite life assets every day that we mine an ounce of gold we die a little bit mm. and the industry has not been reinvesting back in exploration and development development in a very meaningful way in the last half a dozen years or so so m a um, you know mergers are going to have to be um, more prevalent in the sector to replace a depleting production and reserve profile Interesting, because we're seeing that throughout, as you as you mentioned, through precious metals, but we're seeing it through all sectors of, of the, uh, you know, throughout every industry at this point, right? It's it's becoming something that has to happen just in order to survive, as you said, right? Especially now that the pandemic's starting to ease its grip a little bit and things are slowly starting to get back to normal a little bit. Where I think, yeah, as you said, I believe there'll be more mergers throughout different industries uh, coming up. But let's talk about the mines you developed and the operations that you were a part of globally. What, what was the strategy for investing billions of dollars into building over 15 mines around the world? Look, you know, uh, as I said earlier on, the the issue with mining companies is is you know if we're successful in achieving our production targets and mining um, at, at uh, on a cost efficient basis and profitably, uh, we are depleting our reserve profiles, and so. Uh, you know, we have to replace our reserves. We have to develop new mines to replace depleting assets. And so it really was uh, an important part of our, our growth initiatives and the various companies uh, I, I was involved with to develop our own mines. Uh, we all, uh, in all four companies that I worked in, we had strong technical skills. Um, and the reality is all the values created in the ground in the mining business by exploring and finding something uh, that you weren't aware of before in terms of reserves and resources and then developing those and de-risking them and creating sustainable production profiles. That's how you create significant value in the mining industry. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to work in four organizations that had deep technical skills and had the ability both from an exploration geological standpoint and a mine construction engineering standpoint uh, to build sustainable business from reserves and resources in the ground. Amazing. So where exactly in the world are the mines uh, located? You know, virtually every continent, um, you know, we built mines in in Africa, Europe, uh, Australasia, um, South America, North America, um, and and, uh, I've been involved in the construction of both gold and base metal uh, assets, uh, copper in particular, gold, uh, zinc mines. um, So I've I've been very fortunate to be involved, as I said earlier on, um, in equivalent amounts in in both base and the precious side of our, our industry. What type of precious metals are the most mined based on your experience? This is just a, a personal question that I've always been I've always been thinking about, right? Well, certainly the one that captures the most attention in the marketplace is gold mining on the precious metal side. Um, it's it's the biggest market uh, on the precious metal side. Silver certainly does capture uh, a unique uh, subset of investors, but it's a relatively small industry. Um, you know, they're called precious metals for a reason because there's not many of them. Uh, there's not a high proportion of them in the Earth's crust. Um, so there's not a lot of gold and silver in the Earth's crust. And in fact, there's been very little gold that's been mined since the beginning of the time. But it is still um, among the precious metal companies. It tends to capture the most attention, the largest market cap uh, in, in the sector. But it's still a very small industry relative to the general equity markets. I mean, you know, for example, the market cap of Apple is bigger than all of the mining companies combined in the world. You know, and so it's still a relatively small sector um, and, and we tend to all know each other um, you know all the CEOs and all the, the key executives who've been in the industry for a while tend to know each other it's just, it's a relatively small club that's the that's the perfect segue so let's talk about diversifying one's investment portfolio 
Uh, as an investor, we're always looking for the perfect investment diversification, diversification strategy. Uh, what are the key fundamentals of investing in the base and precious metals industry, would you say? Well, I, I think what you're looking for is companies that provide you leverage to the underlying commodity. Um, so in the gold business, what you're looking for is not only a company that produces gold profitably and sustainably, but is able to replace your depleting reserves and so are doing a, a, a good job of exploring around their existing infrastructure, around their existing mines to extend mine lives and enhance rates of return on that invested capital. Um, and so uh, that leverage proposition, both in terms of the gold price and exploration success, I think is a key part of why you want to invest in gold equities as opposed to the underlying commodity. You can buy the physical commodity quite readily. Exactly. Um, yeah. you, you know, you can go to a bank and, and buy gold bars and, and incur the storage costs. Um, but but what it doesn't provide you is growth through expiration. Um, you know, once you buy a gold bar, it's always just going to be a gold bar, uh, and it's it's good in terms of preserving your capital and protecting your savings, particularly in an environment where we've had debasement of paper currencies going on on a coordinated basis around the world. All the central banks are printing money with reckless abandon, so you can see that there's been an allocation of capital into uh, you know commodities like gold to preserve capital, to protect it against inflation and debasement of paper currencies. But uh, as I said, uh, gold bar doesn't grow. Uh, but if you buy a gold equity uh, and you buy a company that has an exceptional track record and expiration, their reserves can grow. You know, they may have, you know, uh, 10 or 20 or 30 million ounces of reserves in the ground that they're mining over time. But that can grow if they're if they're accomplished explorationists, if they're if they could do good fundamental geology, uh, they drill around their existing deposits and infrastructure and grow their reserves uh, over time. And so that's the advantage of buying a gold equity versus buying, say, the gold, gold bar. Um, that being said, you know, when you buy a gold mining company, you're also taking on political risk, um, cost inflation risk. You know, their margins can erode as operating costs and capital costs inflate. And we're probably in that cycle right now. There's um, a backdrop of inflation in the general economy now, given uh, the debasement of currencies we've had going on for years now, really since the credit crisis 11, 12 years ago. Uh, central banks have been pricking, printing with reckless abandon, kept, kept interest rates at very low levels. So they are adding a lot of stimulus into the economy, and that's been highly inflationary. We're starting to see the evidence of that in, in headline inflation numbers. And so, uh, you know, you're going to see cost inflation in the mining business. It's going to creep back in, and that could erode the leverage proposition that you're looking for in terms of profitability um, if you buy a gold equity. And so, you know, that's why at this stage of my career, I've actually positioned myself as um, the head of a, a gold royalty company, which happens to be called Gold Royalty Corp. Because, you know, in a gold royalty model, what we're doing is we're taking a royalty on the mines. In other words, we're taking a fixed percentage of the revenue from those mines, typically one, two or three percent. And we're not taking any exposure to the underlying operating or capital costs. So we're just getting top line exposure. So to me, that's the best way to put, play the gold space if you're concerned about inflation and operating costs. You'll get the leverage to the gold price. You'll get leverage to the expiration because our royalties are on the deposits. So if the deposits grow geologically through the expiration efforts of the operator. We get the benefit of that. 
because uh, our, our royalty percentage will grow over time. And as the gold price goes up, we get that full exposure. But if their operating capital costs go up, it doesn't really impact uh, the revenue we receive from the mine because we don't have any uh, margin exposure. It's not a, a net profits interest. It's a net royalty on uh, the revenues. Interesting. So can can a person like, like I or someone who's listening to this podcast, can they invest in your company? Can they invest in what you're doing? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. We're publicly listed. We're on the uh, New York Stock Exchange American under the symbol G-R-O-Y, G-R-O-Y. We're trading at around $5 US per share. Um, And so we have a collection. um, Subsequent to the merger, we expect to close with Ely Resources, uh, Ely Gold Royalties next next week. Um, We'll have over 105 royalties on mines across the Americas. So we have a well-diversified portfolio with a well-diversified partnership uh, group of, of underlying operators, uh, com- very accomplished operators who are all running the mines, exploring around them, and we get the benefit and the fruits of their labor by owning a royalty on each of the underlying mines. That's amazing. Everything you've said so far, all the advice you've basically given to all of our listeners, it's it's worth its weight in gold, pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So yeah. what would you say? Can anyone invest in precious metals right out of the gate? Or do you recommend a research strategy for the investor to get up to speed to, to really get things going? You know, yeah, I would say always do your homework. Talk to your investment advisor. I'm not an investment professional, um, and, and nor do I pretend to be. I'm a mining professional. Um, I've built and operated mines, um, and, and now I'm actually helping to finance them. That's what royalty companies do. We raise capital in the equity markets, and we put that capital to work in helping developers and explorers develop their mines and take a royalty back in return for that investment. Um, and we do that expecting to get double-digit rates of return. But you should look, it's, there's a broad array of companies, both in the gold mining business, the gold royalty business, that, that you can invest in. And I would say talk to your investment professional. But what I'm talking about in general terms is, is um, the advantages of owning a royalty vehicle as opposed to a mining vehicle or the physical commodity in gold. And I, I do believe um, this is the best possible time to be invested in a royalty vehicle because, as I said, there's underlying inflation risk bubbling uh, below the surface. Uh, We're going to see operating capital costs inflate. And so you want to be insulated, protected from that while you're participating in the upside that the gold price offers and the protection of your capital that gold offers to you. Uh, I'll be honest, you've opened my eyes to a completely you know, new investment vehicle. And, and after this uh, podcast in the future, we'll definitely be speaking more about this offline because this is something that I, w- I clearly wasn't aware of to the degree of how, uh, you know, what, what you've been doing in the industry and in your business and, and using it as an investment vehicle. So this is, th- this is brilliant stuff so far. I really appreciate this. And I know, I know our listeners will too, and I'm sure they'll reach out to you as well after this. Uh, So the mining industry has such a large global impact with an increasing demand for precious metals, uh, yet an ever-growing demand for environmentally sustainable practices. What are your goals for the future pertaining to sustainable mining? Well, it's interesting for us um, to decarbonize our economies globally. Um, we need a lot of minerals, um, and and we need, for example, copper um, to electrify our vehicle fleets. Uh, you know, the, the uh, typical electric vehicle uses three times the amount of copper that a 
internal combustion engine does. So we need mining to be successful and sustainable in order for us to successfully decarbonize our economy's lower emissions and our general economy. And so it's a really, really important part of sustainable economic practices for us to have a robust and vibrant mining industry. Um, and, and gold, um, I think, has done an exceptional job. Gold miners have done an exceptional jo- job of decarbonizing their underlying operations. We're seeing more and more fleets uh, of vehicles, uh, mine sites electrified. Uh, we're seeing a lot more electricity used at the site and less uh, diesel. Uh, so we're driving down our, our consumption of diesel. We're driving down our water consumption, which I think is an important sustainable practice in the mining business because we tend to operate mines in areas that are water challenged. So we're recycling more and more of our water and drawing less fresh water from the surrounding environment, which helps keep um, uh, social issues um, uh, contained. Uh, We have less potential for conflict with surrounding communities if we're responsible stewards of water and electricity and 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 um, and energy generally and I think the industry's done an exceptional job of reducing its carbon footprint and reducing its water footprint as well which is it's an important part of sustainable mining practices that that's wonderful I didn't I didn't realize that there was so much copper that went into electric vehicles yeah typically uh, electric vehicle uses about 600 pounds of copper Sorry, how many uh, pounds? 600 pounds. And a typical internal combustion engine would use about a third of that or less. And so it's really, really important that we drive up our copper supply if we hope to uh, to decarbonize our, elect- or, or, excuse me, our vehicle fleets globally. And copper can be found anywhere in the world or in specific areas? Well, there are certainly some areas that have much more geological potential for copper discoveries and mining, uh, but it it is a global industry. I mean, there's copper mined in virtually every continent of the world, uh, but it's becoming increasingly difficult to build up large-scale copper mines, Um, uh, you know, to get the social license to operate. The capital intensity is extremely high, and the reason that is is because the average grade of a copper deposit has declined about 50%. All the near-surface high-grade deposits have been discovered and so we're increasingly having to go to lower grade deposits to make those economic you have to you have to realize economies of scale through larger processing um, in other words processing more tons of, of, of material per day in order to justify those low grades and make them economic which means bigger trucks bigger plants in order to process the material which means a lot more upfront capital longer time to get permits longer time to get a social license to operate so i would say that the industry is significantly supply constrained which is very bullish for the copper price i'd say it's the same dynamic in the gold industry it's very very difficult for us to replace our reserves in production the capital intensity is very high the barriers to entry are very high um, you know there's a, a smaller 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 and smaller number of mining companies in the world that can actually afford to develop mines because of the high capital intensity uh, so as a result, you're not seeing that kind of elasticity of supply to price that you would expect as gold prices and copper prices have gone up to record levels. We have not seen a supply side response from the industry because of the impediments to getting new mines developed. Amazing. David, I appreciate your time. 
this has opened my mind to a completely uh, different investment vehicle and to uh, all of the different opportunities and usages of of uh, gold, copper, and all other precious metals. I actually didn't I didn't realize I'm, I'm a big fan of electric vehicles and didn't realize how much copper actually went into uh, the making of the batteries. So that's that's wonderful as well. And so, David, I really appreciate it. Once again, David Garofalo, he is uh, the chief executive officer of Gold Royalty Corporation. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you. And Thanks, uh, Derek. And, and if you want to learn more about Gold Royalty Corp, please uh, visit our website. It's really simple to remember, goldroyalty.com. Um, and again, our trading symbol on the New York Stock Exchange American is G-Roy, G-R-O-Y. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for being on the show with us. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, bye for now. And until next time, you've been listening to The Poison Investor. <laughs>